Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you guys just for your prayers and your support of this ministry. We appreciate it. Can't wait to get to today's guest, catching up again with Pastor Steve Smotherman in New Mexico, Albuquerque, and so much going on in churches across the country, and a lot to talk about because government has become God to a lot of people, and even, sadly, a lot of churches. So we've got to address that issue, the fact that government is our servant, not our master. And more people are relying on government. There's more welfare. There's um, all, all over the place are help-wanted signs. Now hiring, all over, more than I've ever seen before in my life. But why? Why are there so many jobs available and not as many people maybe having those jobs, taking those jobs because they're getting paid to stay home. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But first, I want to mention a Christmas offer on my book from November 29th through December 10. You can get six or more copies of Canceling Christianity for $10 each plus shipping. By the way, if you come in the studios here, um, the copies are $20 each. We sell them for $20, but if you want to buy six or more, we'll ship them out for $10 each. Plus, if you want a case of books... 24 in a case. You can get them for $8.50 each. This is while supplies last. It's the lowest possible price that we can offer. You can't find that anywhere. So it's a 290-page book you can get for $8.50 if you buy a case. And then, hey, Christmas is coming up. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, As we are banned on social media, shadow banned, and our ads have been rejected for the book. So let's go to the Lord. We've got a lot to discuss today. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that we can come to you. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you are God of mercy, you are God of grace, and you are the God of truth. Thank you, Jesus, for this season that we get to celebrate you as we should do all year round. But we recognize that you are King of kings, Lord of lords, shepherd, redeemer, king. And thank you, God, for all that you're doing in the realm of the Spirit. Everything that we do not see going on, we know that you're moving. You're always moving. We pray that we would be in step with you. We pray that we would hear from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, give us everything we need. We thank you for your promises and your word and for sustaining us. Help us to stand firm, Lord. Help us to serve others. Help us to be compassionate and do all the things that would give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, uh, Pastor Steve Smotherman is back with us. He's a senior pastor of Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, a patriot pastor. I love him. Sound in doctrine, believes in staying true to God's word, refusing to cater to culture, and confronts the godless government, as well as many issues facing Christians and the Church of Jesus Christ today. Uh, He and his wife, Cynthia, have three children and eight grandkids and are in Albuquerque. Pastor Steve, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, thank you for having me again, man. I appreciate it, and I'm I'm grateful for what you do, standing up and fighting. It's it's a pleasure to be on your program. Amen. Well, we we are kindred spirits, brother, because uh, we need more pastors to do what you do and to take the stands that you have taken 
And we're going to get to an article by Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council. He wrote an article called Standing Firm When the World Says Give Up. And just touch on some of the points that he made, which are very applicable to the times that we're living in. But I want to ask you a little bit about Legacy Church and what you've, you guys have been doing. We haven't talked since July. So uh, catch me up, Pastor Steve, on, on the last, I don't know, five months or so. Well, you know, um, David, we keep we just keep being the church. We don't have church; we are the church, and and that's the way I, I term it to our people. Um, and some, you know, some people just have church and services, and we 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 are out helping people. You know, over Veterans Day, we gave an organization that helps veterans get off the street. You know, uh, twenty thousand dollars to help them do that. We we keep feeding people. I think we fed um, four thousand. Uh, family meals uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, we, we we just keep helping people. That's the bottom line. We we have a place we call Steelbridge that uh, helps guys get off the street, men and women. Uh, if they're drug addicted, we help them get cleaned up. And then it's a discipleship program for a year to help them get their life straight. So we we keep. You know, I I believe this. If I, I believe this, this is a thought I got a long time ago that if if we'll if we'll reach the people nobody wants, God will send us the people everybody wants. Hmm. And so when people say, I just want a church like me, it, it's, a, it's a wrong premise. We, so we teach, and I teach, listen, we need a church with everybody. Um, and we need a church that uh, is willing to roll up their sleeves and, and help people. So we just keep, we keep moving along. We, we, we haven't slowed down at all. Hmm. Well, we thank you for uh, kind of uh, setting the bar for a lot of churches that are maybe even hesitant due to what happened last year and COVID and all the restrictions to get back out there and be the church. And by the way, I quoted you in an article I wrote um, last, just this January, um, and that was the exact quote. You said, we will never stop being the church. Now, let me pr- provide some context to that quote uh, when I wrote this article and what you were going through at Legacy Church, the New Mexico's governor. For those of you who are new listeners, and we have a lot of them since the beginning of the year, um, New Mexico's governor praised the Black Lives Matter protests but called church gatherings illegal and selfish. Her name is Michelle Grisham, and uh, she even was limiting churches that were trying to hold Christmas Eve services, and I think to 25% capacity, but she sued your church, Steve, Legacy Church, and another church, Calvary Church in Albuquerque, $10,000 for not following these overreaching mandates. So give us an update on where that's at, because this is when you just said, you know what, we're going to plow through. We're, we, we do not answer to government, we answer to God, and this is what the church is going to continue to do. So share with us, Steve, where the lawsuit is at and uh, where, where uh, your relationship with the governor, for lack of a better word. Yeah, if that's what you call it. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is, is until Jesus tells us to close the church, we're never supposed to close the church. Amen. And, uh, you know, there's a, a famous guy out there that said if Jesus was here, he would take the vaccine and things like that, which I think is, I mean, he's God. Well, it, some of these things out there are ludicrous, mm-hmm. what people have bought into. And so my thought has always been, we're just going to keep having church. So last year, you know, the, December 24th, or if you want to say early in the morning, the 25th, we had a candlelight service. And uh, the place was just full. I mean, it was, I was shocked how full it was. And um, it's a beautiful service, and it lasts about an hour and 10 minutes. And we do it at midnight. And so uh, somebody took pictures, put it all over social media, it became, went viral. And then the next thing you know, we get a notice that the governor is fining us $10,000. And so 
we have fought that. We went to their, I call it a kangaroo court, uh, with her people. The the facilitator was a is a governor's person. The lawyer is a governor's person, and so. What they did was they dropped the fine from 10000 to 5000 and thought we were going to pay it. <laughs> and I told them very clearly, we're not paying you a penny. I'm never paying you anything. Mm. Now we're, we're appealing to district court, which hopefully, you know, in our, in our judicial system here is so corrupt. Mm. And, um, um, and so, you know, everything about New Mexico is corrupt. I mean, the Democrats have ruled and reigned the House and Senate here for 90 years. Um, and then we get someone like Michelle Luan Grisham, who I truly believe is is evil. I, mm. I truly believe that. And so she tried to limit us last year to 25%. The problem was um, I um, I have been open 100% um, even before she gave us 25%. <laughs> and so I just said, you don't have a right. I'm not going to do, you know, people having to call in, make reservations. I mean, how does the Church of the Lord Jesus tell someone when they show up for church, you can't come in, we have no room for you, mm. because you didn't make an appointment um, to, to, to attend today. Mm. Um, that's wow. always been egregious to me, David, and, I, and I'm just like, no, you know, wh- whoever shows up, they, they come. And in reality, we were, we were probably kind of closed for four weeks there because President Trump asked us to be. But if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have been closed for a day. And, and mm. in reality, we were never closed. People showed up. Yeah. I actually went out one Sunday and said, and, and, and there was about 300 people sitting in the sanctuary. And I said, okay, guys, don't clap and don't laugh because <laughs> it's all over the thing. And what did they do? They laughed and clapped. And then people were saying, hey, can we show up for church? And I just said, I told them the same thing I said all, all the whole time. It, we won't turn anybody away. And, and that's, that's what God does. He doesn't turn people away for anybody. The government mm-hmm. doesn't run us. God runs us. Well, back at that time, this was in January, after that lawsuit, after the word got out that you were you having the audacity to uh, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and invite people to come to church. Um, I quoted you in this article, and you said this. This was now during COVID, the lockdowns. A lot of churches were closed. Some of them have never reopened, which is just so tragic and sad. But you said, I knew that during this time— we needed to be the church more than ever. Some people decided to slow down, but we decided to speed up. We don't want to let this COVID-19 shut down, shut us down. And then you're, I love this. You, we will never stop being the church. And I wish pastors across the country would just get that banner, make bumper stickers, just have that be a slogan. We will never stop being the church. So Pastor Steve, at that time, uh, you guys shared some information on your Facebook page, public, and you were giving away 21,000 plus packs of non-perishable food to feed New Mexico kids. 50,000 was donated to Veterans uh, Integration Center to help their mission. Uh, 175,000 donated to Make-A-Wish New Mexico. Um, There's so many things. You guys helped eliminate hospital bills for people. You were uh, donating food for the elderly, care packages for families in need, and families served through Roadrunner Food Bank and more and more. So you guys were doing this at a time when most churches in America were going, wow, I wonder if, if we should get back and minister again. And so this is really something that I want to emphasize, that there are churches like yours, uh, I call them the remnant in America, that said we have to keep ministering. We answer to God, not government. Steve, just share a little bit more what's on your heart. Well, I mean, and, and, it's, and it's a sad testimony of the church. You know, I, I've said this uh, many times that, 
you know, we found out the church has become so weak that it can't take a punch. Mm. Um, and, and, and most people have been in a fight know what I'm, what I'm yes. talking about. If you watch boxing, I think, you know, some guys can just take a good punch and keep going. Well, we found out the church um, couldn't take a punch at all. And, and my, my, my whole thought was from day one, March 12th of, of 2020, when all this started, I said to my staff, this is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on America. And this is before we knew anything. Yeah. It just came up in my spirit. And I'm like, so from that day on, that's the premise I've been, I've been going on. And so it just was inside of me, it just knowing the Word of God, we have to keep being the church. We're mm-hmm. not going to stop. And so um, we just kept fighting, and we kept reaching people and touching lives. I mean, I think in that year, 2,500 people made decisions for Christ in our church. That'd be 2,500 people that would probably go into hell had we not opened our doors. How many people has the church missed because they wouldn't stand up and be that bright light, mm. that salt in the midst of darkness? And and if we're going to close down because of fear, um, and that's what they promote. You know, there's, they don't promote science anymore. It's fear. Mm-hmm. And they realize now, the, the whoever these people are, the government and all these uh, folks that want to reset America, um, reset this this operation reset that they do. We we found out that they they found out that they can control people out of fear. And so we just said, God said, don't have the spirit of fear. So we we just kept being the church. We kept reaching, touching lives, and it didn't matter what virus was out there. And 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 so that's what we kept doing, and that's what we're continuing to do. And we still fight our governor. You know, we have we're one of the few states in America that still has a mask mandate indoors. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's that bad. And so I mean, our governor and and I and I don't know why preachers just don't say it. Our governor is ignorant. She's stupid, and uh, she keeps doubling down on failure. And I have people tell me, well, as a Christian, that's not very nice to say. And I'm like, why not? When we're talking about the enemy, why are we always trying to be so nice? Yep. You know, Jesus called people vipers and snakes. He called them, you're of your father the devil. And again, how do you say that nice? <laughs> you know, and so, but we can't call evil, evil. We have a hard time as a church because of all the rhetoric out there in the world. You know, you hate, you're judgmental, you're whatever. And it's like, we've got to get past all that and just continue to do the work of the Lord without complaining and and just keep doing it, and that's what we're doing. Amen. And I'm glad you brought that up, and we're so direct, uh, Pastor Steve, because the, there are some wicked people promoting unrighteousness and ungodliness throughout our country, not just in government, but um, um, I think of Ephesians 5.11, where it says, Do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Well, we almost throw out those last three words in that verse as a church. We do not expose the evil deeds. We don't want to bring them up. We don't want to offend. And let's just keep the conversation going now about this article that Tony Perkins wrote. Um, He said, and by the way, it's called Standing Firm When the World Says Give Up. He said, the church is being pressed pressed in from all sides, urged to abandon our faith or abandon the public square. We can do neither. And the Apostle Paul uh, said, do not be afraid. Actually, God said this to the the Apostle Paul. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. And he was facing cancel culture uh, of Corinth in Acts chapter 18. So, Steve, your encouragement to church leaders, maybe some pastors, 
or just the average Christian who have been beat down and intimidated, and yes, fear comes into play here when it comes to just speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Well, you know, the Bible teaches us that who is man that you shall fear who will wither and die like the grass? How much more shall you fear God? Mm. And I think as leaders, we have to get over and get delivered from the fear of man. Mm. We and, and until pastors do that, but you know what? The, if you want to say the supernatural, the, the real power of God to heal and deliver and to set us free has been set aside for a woke generation or a woke gospel that just wants to appease everybody. The problem with the church is we want to be liked more than we want to be right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, we, we need to stand up and fight. And, and so we, we get involved with these things and we get afraid of people. Well, my people said they won't come. Well, okay, let them watch online. But, but you still have to open your doors and let the people who want to come. You have to, you know, as leaders, here's what I think. The, the church leaders of yesterday are not the church leaders of today. They faltered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's easy to lead when everything's nice, and it's hard to lead, harder to lead, and it takes more courage to lead when, when everybody's against you. And so as leaders, we have to stand up and lead. And that doesn't mean we take everybody's opinion. And we just, what, what does God say? What does the Word of God say? And until Jesus says close the doors of the church, we're never to close the doors of the church. And so, um, or stop being the church, being his hands and feet, if you would. And so as leaders, we have to stand, and if we stand confident and bold, our people will rise up. Yes. And, and that's what's happened here. Our people, I mean, you would not know there's COVID when you come to our church. And, um, but, you know, everywhere else in the state, it, you would. But... And, and it's just like, you know, who are we called? And, and if you're afraid of man, you can't, you can't reverence God. You won't do what God says. And people say, well, I'll lose people. I'll do this. So what? Let's lose some people. When Trump became president of the United States in, in November of 2016, a week or so after that, I lost 1,566 families. If you multiply that by the multiplier 2.7 or 3,000, that's almost 4,000 people walked out of my church overnight because I stood up for what I believe the Bible teaches. Hmm. And you know what? And, And people say, well, that's a lot of people. Yes, but you know what? Since then, God has blessed our church. We're bigger and stronger and better than ever. Every church needs to be purged of the people who are not with you. Mm. The problem is we're so busy being liked, we can't stand up for righteousness and truth. And so how does God move? How does he help us? And so leaders need to really um, examine their own hearts and realize we're going to be judged differently. And uh, we, have to, we have to take righteous stands. And that means being bold. That means being outspoken. That means this this uh, spirit of timidity that has is you know so persu- uh, pervasive mm-hmm. in our Christian culture that you got to be meek and mild, and and uh, meekness basically means teachable anyway, not weak. And so the church needs to stand up and, and, and be the church, no matter who or what or the threats against it. Pastor Steve, we only have a minute in this segment, but when we come back, I would love to talk a little bit more. You brought it up. <laughs> why Why those people left your church? Um, one of the chapters in my new book is called Policies, Platforms, and Procedures. Now, President Trump is, is was never the perfect man. He is not. He was not the perfect president, but 
from the biblical worldview, examining what policies he stood behind and implemented, whether it's standing for life in the womb, standing for Israel, so many other things, capitalism, so many other things that we can get behind, religious freedom and free speech. And a lot of people still, because they've always voted Democrat or whatever, they still said, no, I'm just not going to vote for him and whatever, bad tweets, he was mean. But they completely ignored the policies platforms of the two parties which are contrasting more now there's such a gaping chasm than there's ever been between the two party platforms and again no politician is perfect but as christians our our responsibility is to examine the word of god and then apply that to how we vote and so many people don't get that so let's talk about that when we come back on stand for the truth uh pastor steve smotherman is with us we also will continue through this article Uh, Just touch on a few more quotes from Tony Perkins. And then there's another article that I want to touch on written by Jim Daly at Focus on the Family. It's called Government is Our Servant, Not Our God. And man, if we could just get that down. You know what? I just got a couple more seconds here before we break. I've got to just mention this. Steve, um, you made our top 20 podcasts of 2021. I know you didn't know that, and you didn't realize how big of an honor that was. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, well, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> yeah, you're in there, and I want to encourage uh, people to check that out. We'll put that link in the podcast post. Uh, Steve Smotherman is in there with uh, Jan Markell, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, Andy Woods, Mike Lindell, Todd Friel, N- Natasha Crane, uh, Gary Kaw, Kevin Sorbo, Lieutenant General William Boykin, um, Doreen Virtue, Jeff Myers, Todd Nettleton, um, Samuel Say, Eric Hovind, and Jason Jimenez. These were the most popular podcasts and some of the, the most uh, impactful, I believe, early in the year. We did this, I think in July we came out with this, the top of 2021 so far. Um, you know what, Steve, I, since I brought this up, we're not going to take a break right now. We're just going to keep going. Okay. Um, um, Tony Perkins said, the minute we downplay the Word of God so as not to offend And you were just talking about that, so I want to continue on this thought here. He says, we lose the very distinctive that makes unbelievers notice. And then very provocative, he said this, and I'll let you respond. Why would people that are empty and dissatisfied with what the world has to offer turn to the church when the church looks and acts the same as the world? Pastor Steve? First of all, what a great article, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he just hit the, uh, the head on the, uh, the nail on the head, and he, uh, uh, w- and a great observation. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, I, I agree with everything he said. I tell people all the time, if you get offended because I preach the gospel, I can't help you. I, there's nothing I can say. It's not my word. It's God's word, mm-hmm. and I will not apologize for it. If you get offended because our bathrooms are dirty, then that's my issue, and then I apologize. <laughs> and so we, and, and what I believe Tony Perkins is saying is that how do we how do we become apologetic for the Word of God? That's truth, and it's the only thing that can save our souls. And and people water it down, or they just don't talk about it, or they just appease. It's the tickling of ears that's happening. And people today in our culture are heaping up teacher after teacher after teacher. Um, that tickle their ears. And the problem with the body of Christ, in my opinion, along with his article, is that we, we can't even call out each other. So we're afraid to call out other preachers uh, out of this thought, whether they're Christians, well, I don't care if they call themselves Christians or not, if they're not preaching the gospel, 
why don't we say? And so because we won't, some people are getting a false representation of who God is. They yes. think that they can come to God on their own terms and serve God on their own terms, and, and they don't realize we serve God on His terms, and we come to God on His terms. And the Word is the Word is the Word. And without the Word, we have nothing. And why would the culture? I mean, we're the church of the Lord Jesus. We're to, we're to combat culture. We're to, we're to dictate the culture. We're, to, we're, to, we're the ones that says, we're the moral compass of life that says this is right and this is wrong, this is godly and this is ungodly. And the church, again, because it wants to be liked more than, than right, mm-hmm. it, it just won't say anything. And so I totally agree with his whole assessment of this. And, and, and Tony Perkins is a patriot guy, too. I know he's a guy that stands up and fights for our freedoms and our religious freedoms and he's right. I mean, how do you, how do you, and it's just, it's the weakness of, of people. The, they have no root in them of truth and righteousness. And um, they, it's just, it's, it's almost like a game instead of, man, we're dealing with people's eternity here. And, and how does someone get saved unless they know the truth? I mean, it's like when people have said, uh, I've heard people say, man, if you get saved, God will take care of all your problems. That's not true. When you get saved, you, you don't even realize all the problems you have until you get born again. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, and so I totally agree. And I, and I wish um, the church as a whole, uh, preachers, pastors, leaders, would get that message and realize we never apologize for God's word. It's Amen. eternal. It, it heaven and earth will pass away, but He says my word will never pass away. Amen. And, and he, it's the it's the only thing that saves our soul. It's it's only it's the only thing out there that's life giving. So why water it down? Why not just tell people and let them decide for themselves? Mm. And um, that's that's the reality of it. All right, we are going to go to break, but Tony Perkins ends that article by saying, "Be strong in the Lord." Be prepared for the conflict. Be bold and speak and do not keep silent. When we come back with Pastor Steve Smotherman, we'll talk about the fact that government is supposed to be our servant, not our God. More in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Pastor Steve Smotherman is with us, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, We've got to go to this next topic about government. Man, have we seen overreach in the last year plus. But um, there's an article by Jim Daly at Focus on the Family talking about Friday, last Friday's passage in the House of Representatives of H.R. 5376, The Human Infrastructure Bill, it represents an unprecedented grasp of government overreach that threatens to undermine the institution of the family. Deceptively titled Build Back Better, which really, if you understand, it is communist policy on steroids because the World Economic Forum had that same slogan, and so does the Biden administration. Build Back Better, it's a $2 trillion a uh, piece of legislation that will break the backs of future generations. And the only thing it builds is a deepening dependence on Uncle Sam. Steve, I'll let you respond to this. The bill will allow taxpayer dollars to fund abortions. There's mandates in there, um, abortion coverage in health care plans. It provides nearly $1.3 billion to help further indoctrinate and brainwash public school students with leftist propaganda, including critical race theory, and dangerous gender 
equity policies and also a massive amnesty bill for illegal immigrants. So there's so much going on in this bill, so much that we can just think back to the New Deal of President Franklin Roosevelt, also Lyndon Johnson's Great Society that failed to help the inner city people that and the poor that really it needed to help, but it just ballooned the federal government. And here we are today. So, Pastor Steve, from a pastor's perspective, your reaction to what they're trying to do in Washington? Well, I mean, what Washington is has become a cesspool of, of um, reprobates, and, and that's what the Bible talks about. And I don't care whether they're Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. They... they um, they you. have forgotten why they sit in those offices. It's, it's to serve us, not for us to serve them. And and this whole movement with the government over this COVID stuff, I you know I I, I, I say it this way. I I got the Wuhan bioweapon. I was down for 18 days. Mm. And um, and people say why you call it that because I believe that's what it is. And they 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 come out with this stuff to destroy the family. And that's, that's the next big part. They have to destroy the family. They've already been doing it. Um, the fathers are out of the home. The, the divorce rate's so high. Um, and it, to get society to, to crumble, you have to destroy the nuclear family. So that's why the homosexual movement is, is so strong, and because it's demonic. And, and the church has been so silent that this is the result of the silent church. This is the result of... Preachers not standing in their pulpits and being used for, by God to to come against the culture. This stuff is is terrible. It's like social justice. When when God is a just God, and and that means He doesn't favor the rich over the poor, the weak over the strong. He you get what you deserve, whether it's good or bad. And so anytime you put a word in front of justice, like social justice, um, it favors one group over the other, so it's no longer justice. And what's happened with this this kind of bills is is doing it's it's continued to destroy the very fabric of our society and indoctrinate in our kids to think that um, you know there's more than two genders mm. there's only two genders male and female and that's what God created everything else is created by people you know let me let me say this about this climate change is is people's religion yep this stuff that we're reading here in this article is their religion that's what. That's what we've missed as the people of God. It's their religion. And the whole purpose of this is to get people f- uh, away from believing in the God who created the heavens and the earth and believe in their God. So, if, and I've teach this. If you believe in climate change and all the things that it means, our carbon footprint, and we, we, have, too, we have too many people on the earth, then you can't believe in God you, you, there's, because they're, they're contrasting. Yep. God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. He never said, when you get to seven billion, that's enough. Mm. And so what happens when you buy into this, this garbage that we're talking about in this article, you're actually buying into their religion. That's their belief. That's, they serve the God of this world, which is the devil. Amen. And, and they, they're, they're antagonistic and adversarial against God of the Bible. And so God created the heavens and the earth. So what we're saying, if we believe in this climate change junk, for instance, or this this gender stuff, you know, there's, what, a thousand genders now? I mean, they just keep <laughs> making up more. 
that you can't believe in God. There's just no way because God created male and female, told them to be fruitful and multiply. And if you believe in some of this stuff, you're saying God is dumb. He was stupid. And he said, oh, Jesus, you know what? I forgot to make the earth big enough because I didn't realize that these people would actually do what I say <laughs> and there'd be 7 billion people on the earth. We and just so go either, ahead. And, and so what happens in Romans one, if you if you we go back and read that, mm-hmm. and it goes along with all this critical race theory and this craziness about indoctrinating our kids that says, you know, if you ever have a thought about homosexuality, then you're a homosexual. I mean that that's the thought and the church doesn't talk about thought lives enough or renewing our minds or understanding how the devil tries to lie and he is a liar. And so when you think about Romans one when it talked about that they knew God, they weren't thankful to God, and so God turned them over to a reprobate mind. They worshiped the Creator or the things that were created by God, not the Creator. Mm. And so what's happening? We're worshiping His creation, people. The homosexual movement's all about worshiping yourself. You, you decide who you are. God didn't get to decide who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, we worship the earth, um, and, and, and the earth was made for us. I wasn't made for it. And we, we worship the created things, mm-hmm. not the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And that's the reality of all this. This bill is a blight. It, it's just going to destroy the very fabric of our society. And the people of God are silent. Yeah. It's like your silent indicts you of what you really believe. That's right, Pastor Steve. And part of the reason people are silent is because it's, quote, political. End quote. And at the core of this debate, it says right here, H.R. 5376 is government's role in our lives. So as we've seen government grow and the power that they have, and, and sadly, what we gave them, we surrendered some of our power. We've relinquished, even in the church, some of the power that we had last year. So the authors of this legislation believe government is in the best position to solve our problems and improve the quality of our life. We don't look to God. In other words, we look to government. But in reality, this says, government almost always makes things worse. Let me touch on something you said. You brought up the environmental uh, movement, the radical environmentalism, climate change. What does that lead to? Bill Gates and others have said it. You've got to limit the human population on the earth. Well, they're already you know, supporting abortion. There are five states, I think, that support euthanasia. And they're, so it's, it's humans are the problem. God created in God's image, right? Men and women on earth created in God's, but we're the problem. So you've got to eliminate the population. What does that lead to? The culture of death, just an expansion of the culture of death. Steve, your thoughts? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And the culture of death is from the devil. See, we in the church don't understand there's an enemy out there called Satan. He's got demons, principalities, powers of mights, and rulers of darkness of this age that rule and reign. And, and we, we don't understand our fight is not with flesh and blood, but with it, 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 God has given us weapons that are, that are warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we as a church need to understand this is a spiritual war. And we need to suit up and get our butts in the game and fight. And, and, you know, and, and it's, just, it's just so obvious to me. And, and so what we have is passivity, weakness, um, an unwillingness to have courage hmm. and, 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 and fight this stuff because it is a, a doctrine of death. Now, who is the doctor? Who is the author of death? Amen. The devil. The devil, that's right. 
And so God is the author of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That's why the founders wrote that in the Constitution. Mm. We, God is the author of life. The devil is the author of death. And so all of this does is bring forth death. These homosexuals, unless they get born again and repent of their sin, they're going to go to hell. And the church should not want that to happen. But what we do is we appease them. For instance, David, in our church, we have some homosexuals come, but here's what we tell them. You can come. We're not going to stop you because we want you to get right with God. But there will be no public displays of affection in our church. That's right. None. And we actually stop them. We've been, they've been mad. We said, well, leave. You're not going to. You know, I'm responsible for that five-year-old kid that sees that and somehow gets in his little heart that that's okay. Hmm. We're responsible for that. I and mean, that's what the church doesn't understand. Well, we've got to be nice to them. We, yeah, we're kind to them, but we never violate the standard of the truth that God says it's sin. And right in our church services, we're allowing open, open, open sin, and, and we're not dealing with it. And, and what, why are we... In positions, why did God or Jesus give gifts to men, you know, the apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, if it wasn't for the teaching of the truth to equip people? Mm. And, and it's the whole movement, the homosexual movement. I've been preaching this for over 27 years. I've said it when people mocked me, my peers mocked me. I said, this is the movement that's going to destroy America. Mm. And on the heels of this movement, the homosexual movement, we're being destroyed. That's right, because now... And, 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 yes. the, and so that comes up with climate change, more death. Mm-hmm. Because now... More it, people saying people are the problem. No, people are God's creative work. The mm-hmm. greatest of all God's creative work is you and I, Amen. human beings. That's right. And you know what we do? We kill them, and we, 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 we try to worship. Um, you know, I've even heard preachers say, Mother Earth. I'm like, my mother's name is Phyllis. <laughs> it's not... The, the earth was made for me. I wasn't made for it, and I don't believe in we should destroy streams and pollute that, but this climate change is their religion. The homosexual stuff is their religion. The government wants us to worship it and look to it instead of God, and that's what happened with all the stimulus money. I've, I've preached this over and over again. People, you need to go to work. God never meant you to be sedentary. You are called to work. There's something you need to go do, and you're sitting by and letting the government give you all this money. It's not blessed. Yes. Amen. And there, and there are help wanted signs, people hiring, businesses hiring more than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And you're going, wait a minute, where are all the workers? So we've got a lot more coming up with Pastor Steve Smotherman. By the way, I just the LGBTQ now has a plus by it. That means whatever they determine is going to be added to the LGBTQ plus. When we come back, more of these topics on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. As believers, we trust in the name of the Lord our God, and we trust in Him. He is our ultimate security, and we trust Him for the outcome in our, in our lives. We must refuse fear. We also have a responsibility to participate in the electoral process and do what we can to encourage leadership and policies and procedures, things that complement, not contradict, God's laws. Uh, Pastor Steve, a lot of people avoid politics, and this is one of the things that got you in trouble. I I don't think we ever circled back to this comment that you made when you lost, um, you know, a couple thousand people or more at your church when you supported President Trump. 
Uh, you endorsed him. You spoke at an event, at a rally. Go back for our newer listeners and just recap that story uh, and, and just bring that, you know, just let people know what happened there and how, why they seemed to walk out when you supported President Trump. Yeah, so, um, and I was kind of shocked when this happened. So I, I hosted one of Trump, the first rally he came. And if you remember, Fox News said, because it started rioting, that it looked like a third world country in New Mexico. Mm. And, um, and people were protesting him. And so it got out. Someone took a video of it, put it on my um, Facebook for me, and because and I don't do that, people do it for me. And so it, be, it, it started getting some traction, and people were really upset. So everybody thought for sure Hillary Clinton was going to win that race. Mm -hmm. And so in our church, when Trump won that race that night, um, uh, 1,566 family units left our church. And so I multiply that by three. Some will say 2.7. So between 38 and 4,000, 3,800 people left overnight. Like literally, I kept saying, man, we've lost a lot of people. And, um, and so they just left because they would rather have a baby killer, mm. a woman that's antagonistic towards the gospel, Amen. adversarial towards God, be in office before they will renew their minds and realize that we are supposed to look through the lens of a biblical worldview they they decided to embrace a party spirit, which is one of the works of the flesh, and be of a party instead of be of God. Mm. And so they don't like his personality, Trump's personality. So what? I, I wasn't voting for a pastor. I was voting for someone that would fight for some of our freedoms and our rights, and he did. Yes. And and so they left. And and so at first it was like you know our money went way down. I think eleven percent for the next four months. And then after that, we started growing again. So here's what it did for me, for all the pastors out there and the leaders. It freed me up more than ever just to be myself. Amen. Because the people who are coming now know exactly who we are. Mm -hmm. I don't have to hide it. I don't have to sugarcoat it. I can just be who I am. And I'm telling you, it was a freeing experience. And, and they said, but you lost 4000 Yeah, but we gained more than that back. Mm -hmm. And, but yet we've gained people who are like-minded. How can two of us walk together lest we be agreed? Now we're in agreement. Now we're powerful. Now even the governor hesitates to mess with us. She mm -hmm. can find us, but she does it from a distance. We hold church services here all the time, and we have our little signs out there that says, Welcome to our peaceful protest. Because <laughs> according to her, with the federal court I went through, um, you can protest. She encouraged it, so we protest. And you hold protest services Sundays, Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, it's great all the time. Yep, all the <laughs> every service is a protest. I love it because I mean, is, isn't how that the the Protestant Reformation got going? It was the original protest. Hey, Pastor Steve, you alluded to something for all those people that left your church. I'm sure most of them left, if not all of them, for political reasons. Your, how the audacity. They were supporting Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. You were supporting President Trump and the Republican platform. Does this speak to idolatry on their part? They're putting a, a, a party, a political party, over God's word. What do you think? Oh, it is, and it's, and it's one of the works of the flesh, right? So we, they, they are definitely in idolatry. They, they would reject God under the thought, well, God understands and you know, I believe in all this social justice and all the critical race theory stuff and the killing of babies. And mm -hmm. so I've told our church many times, let me tell you something. I will never vote for anybody that kills babies, ever. 
I, and if it's only if both of the candidates that we have the choice of kills babies, I won't vote for either one of them. Mm. I refuse to have that blood on my hands. So it is idolatry because they put their own personal beliefs over what God's Word says, which is the antithesis of what God teaches. They refuse to renew their minds because somehow the Democrats, they're for the little people. Well, if that's true, why are the little people so so poor now and mm. so destitute? And and so they can't they can't listen. If if you refuse to renew your mind to the truth, you can't have a biblical worldview. And they refuse. And so it's idolatry. They put their own beliefs, their own thoughts, their own ideology above what God's word says. And that um, what they don't realize is that 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 grieves the Holy Spirit. And who knows how that's going to be dealt with when they die. Mm. Ooh. Um, you shared something, and I know you have a very strong stance for life in the womb. And by the way, we're going to be reading the Christmas story soon. In a couple weeks, you'll be hearing the Gospel of Luke uh, when um, the baby leaped for joy in Elizabeth's womb. And by the way, a pregnant woman is considered to be with child, not with tissue or with fetus, but with child. And fetus, actually the Latin meaning of that word means offspring or little one. We've gotten so far away from that. Pastor Steve, I'll never forget you said, it may have been the first time I interviewed you, um, you said, if you can kill a baby, you can do anything, meaning you are capable of any kind of evil. And Proverbs 6, 16 says, uh, these six things the Lord hates, and then he says seven are an abomination. He mentions uh, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. So let's move on to the next topic. On December 1st, a very important U.S. Supreme Court uh, decision. They're going to get together and talk about this case, whether to continue granting um, sanction to the shedding of innocent blood. Really, the court is going to hear arguments in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. It's involving Mississippi's appeal of a circuit court decision that threw out Mississippi's law banning abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. But God's word is clear on innocent blood. Steve, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And how I know it's a very important case. Well, I, I'm I'm hoping and praying that the the people that Trump put into those positions at the Supreme Court will hold true to the standard of the Constitution that everybody has the right to pursue happiness. Everybody has the right to life mm. and the pursuit of happiness, and so. You know, we, we, we've got to pray that they will hold fast and not get bought in by the culture, that they will do what's right in the eyes of God and not, not what m- people, you know, push them to do. And, and, I, and, and it's just a blight, and it's the truth. If you can, listen, if you can kill a baby, you can do anything. I mean, if, if, if life, if, if humanity, God's greatest creative work, has no value to you, then really you don't have much value at all. You're, you're a proponent of death, and again, we've talked about it. The devil, and we don't, and people don't want to hear this. The devil is the author of death. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job description. And here's what Christians need to understand: we are to occupy until he comes. Amen. Well, occupy doesn't mean to sit on our couches in our blessed assurance and do nothing. <laughs> it means we have to look at the culture and say, 
Oh, no, this is wrong, and we have to go in there and inject the Word of God. Not in a hateful way, in a, in a derogatory way, but in a way that says, we believe as strongly or stronger in our God than you believe in the homosexual stuff, the climate change, and the killing of babies. Mm. And the only reason that abortion thing got passed because the church was silent back then. It was the Catholic Church of all people who stood up, and then some other guys got involved. It, it was the church's lack of being involved. And, and let me go back to something you said about the political stuff. Sure. Who ever told the church they can't be political? You know, God has been dealing with kings and raising them up, taking them down mm -hmm. forever. Yes. And so who, who said that? Who said that, well, I don't come to church to hear politics? Let me tell you something. It wasn't God. It was the devil. It was the enemy of our souls. It was the people that aren't born again that tries to dictate to the church what we should and shouldn't be. And I say this a lot. Who is the world that we look to to tell us what our Bible says? Mm -hmm. The Bible was written to believers, not unbelievers. It was written to the righteous. So, so we need to understand, we don't listen to the world. When the world says, well, you're not very pastoral, I said, how do you know what a pastor is <laughs> supposed to be like? It's like when the media would say, well, I don't think President Trump's very presidential. How do you know? You've never been the president of the United States because he's different than the other guys. He's not presidential. Mm. See, that's, that's the movement. They try to shame, and we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Mm. No one can shame us. We are going to stand and fight for life. This stuff with killing babies is so, it's an atrocity. It's a blight. And for so-called Christians, and I've had them in our church. In fact, I had one lady tell me, well, I believe it's a woman's right to choose. I said, you don't ever have to come back here. Don't ever <laughs> yes, come back here. That's right. <laughs> and, and so people say, well, why would you tell her that? Because we're not in agreement. Mm -hmm. She believes in something that's not biblical. Why would I want her in our church? People say, well, we've got to have people. No, 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 you have to have the right people. Mm. And that's when the church becomes powerful. The church is so lukewarm right now. Yes. Man, hopefully God doesn't come back today. Our land has been defiled with all this shedding of innocent blood. But Steve, I'm going to toss you another softball. <laughs> what do you think about people's argument is, what about, Pastor Steve, the separation of church and state? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, you, know, that's, you know, that's the dumbest thing. And I hear Christians say that, too. I'm like... When did God say that? He never told us to separate anything in our lives from him. And so, you know what? And, and really, the whole premise of that writing, it's not in our Constitution, was to make sure the government didn't, didn't have any say in the church. And so that's what the whole revolution, part of it was about, that we wanted to worship God the way we wanted to worship God. Mm -hmm. And so when people use that, it's because they have no, nothing else to say. It's a, it's a, it's a losing argument. And it shouldn't be talked about in the church. We should be like, hey, we're going to fight, and we're going to fight this government. This government is not my God. God is my God. And he sits over the government. And, and you know, when the government's wrong, it is, our, it is our responsibility to make sure we tell them. That's right. And, and the separation of church. I laugh. When people say that to me, I just look at them like, and I'm not very smart, David. I don't have a claim to be very smart. <laughs> but I look at them with that look like, that's a stupid, that's just dumb. What? Why would you talk? Why would that come into argument with the church people of God? We should be working the culture. We should be dealing with the culture. Mm. And, and like the homosexual movement, everybody says, well, you know, we've got to love them. You know, you know, I did a message that was kind of intriguing to me, that um, when you hear the statement, we've got to love the sinner and hate the sin, you know, that's not biblical. 
Hmm. That's not biblical. That's not from the Bible. That was from Gandhi and St. Augustine. Hmm. That was a, it's not even a biblical premise. God never separated the sinner and the sin. In fact, when he says sinners go to hell, he doesn't say, oh, your sin's going to hell, but you get to go somewhere else. Good point. So when you're in sin, you're not of God. When you're not born again, you're a sinner. And that sin, so they say we've got to love the sinner. What does that mean? So, okay, I love you. And what kind of love are we talking about? I mean, I'm not going to love them like I love my wife, like I love my close friends, like I love my parents. What kind of love is that? That means we have compassion on them to tell them the truth mm. that if you continue in that sin, you're going to die and go to hell. That's right. But we, we want to use that term. Well, you know, Pastor, you've got to love the sinner and hate the sinner and hate the sin. I'm like, that's not biblical. No, God but, said, you quoted it in Proverbs, God hates these six things. One is yes. an abomination. Yes. Hates them. He and hates them. When people well, say does that, he love the sinner? He loves humankind. Right. But the sinner he'll send to hell. Amen. And he sa- people say that because they, they assume love means accommodation, approval. But, it, but we must draw a line there, a, a really strong line. Steve, we only have two minutes left. And, uh, you know, man cannot make something moral that God has declared immoral, which is one of the problems with men on the Supreme Court or any court for that matter. But I got this um, a listener just said, if what Pastor Steve is claiming is biblical, then why are the majority of American churches not exposing the evil culture from their pulpits, and how are they getting it wrong? You just have a minute and a half, Steve. Well, they're getting it wrong because they don't, they're not preaching the gospel. They're getting it wrong because they don't understand what Jesus taught. They're getting it wrong because they're afraid. They're getting it wrong because they, they're so bought into the culture. And again, I'll say it, being liked, and I've talked to some of them. They want to be liked more than, more than right. In other words, they, they, don't want to, they don't want to stand up for righteousness' sake. Who is the people that should stand up for righteousness' sake? And so they're getting it wrong because they're afraid. That's the bottom line. They're scared. And, and they, they don't want to really get into the Word of God because the Word of God, when you, when you get into it, um, you, you, you know, Jesus says you take up your cross and follow me. That means you're a dead man walking. That means there's no other alternatives. When people carried their crosses, they were going to be put to death. There was no pardons, no anything. They were, that, they were done, and everybody knew it. And Jesus said, that's how you have to follow me. They refused to follow Christ in that manner and be the voice of uh, to the culture. Listen, God always had prophets, and I'm not claiming I'm a prophet. I'm not, but He's always had the men of God, the women of God, stand up against the evils of kings and and those in authority. And why would it be any different today? The reason is because they're afraid, they're weak, and the, and all they want to do is build a crowd. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but the gates of hell will prevail against a crowd. And so, if you want a church. You have to stand up for righteousness' sake. If you want a church, you have to push back on the culture. If you want a church, you have to call sin, sin, and righteousness, righteousness. Amen. Woe to those who call good, evil, and evil, good. We refuse to call evil, evil, and good, good. And that's, that's the reality of it. Pastor Steve Smotherman, thank you for speaking the truth, and we appreciate your voice. God bless you and your ministry, brother. And have a Merry Christmas. And thank you for having me, and you also, man. I appreciate you very much. All right. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Tomorrow we will have John Leffler on Steel on Steel Radio. Wednesday, Pastor Tim Stevens from Canada, who's been arrested several times. And on Thursday, uh, author James Simpson, who's got a brand-new book out, Who Was Karl Marx? 
Thank you guys so much. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.